Welcome to the Tell Me Something Real podcast. Real people, real stories, real talk. Well, hello, Kelly. How are you? I'm great, Heather. How are you doing? I'm doing fantastic. Thanks for asking. So what do you want to talk about today? Heather, there are so many things that have come up that I feel like I need to discuss with you. Okay, well, let's just jump right in then. So what is the first thing that's come up that you really need to discuss? Okay, this has been brought to my plate, my table, many times over my lifetime, but it just recently happened again, and I can't even remember, like, something in the last week made it happen. Can't even remember, but I'll tell you, it starts with JFK. Okay. Why do people interchange the names John and Jack? If you're why do some people call John Kennedy, John Kennedy, and some people call John Kennedy Jack Kennedy. And this can be for anyone because it was somebody else that was brought up the other day where someone was like, oh, Jack, blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, that they're the same amount of letters. Like, it's not a, I, are are you just mad that they weren't named Jack? Like, I, do they prefer the name Jack? Do you not, is it a derogatory thing? Is it like a bro thing? I, someone help me out with this. You're a buddy. I don't know. I don't know. I mean, I have no answer for you. Although I've also been curious. I'm mystified. Yes, mystified. But I feel like in our predecessors' lives, this use of rampant and nonsense nicknames was like a custom because Mm. my grandfather had a name and then went by the nickname buck his name doesn't start with a b none of those other letters are anywhere in his name his name doesn't rhyme with buck yeah it's so like why would that be his nickname i mean i will say that my son has many names that are not his name (laughs) if he went to school right now and he was like my name is blah 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 blah. (laughs) well I'll tell you that those names stick with him he's in trouble (laughs) yeah when my kid turned like I don't know 18 months two years old something like that I was like oh we should probably stop just referring to her as baby because now I understand what happened with dirty dancing because i'm always like why does they call her baby and i'm like oh because when she she was the baby sister and when she was little they Is just started calling it? her baby and then really? they never switched over to her name so i was like we've got to stop calling her baby oh and start goodness. calling her other things besides baby so yeah, I mean, like, I've started, you know, what's funny is that like, I used to really be irritated by people who like parents who refer to each other as like mommy and daddy. And now that I'm like, and I can't handle it when people are like children or adult children, 
and you're still calling yourself that but like now I'm like well how the heck is he supposed to know that I'm mommy if I don't if I don't you know speak in third person or like my husband doesn't call me mommy I'm like he better not be calling me Kelly yeah yeah. I can't no I I get what you're saying because there's those like old couples that always call each other mom and dad and I'm like it's endearing but weird in some ways yeah it wears me out so anyway okay back to weird nicknames so I don't know I I will say that like okay for the example of my grandfather if you didn't know him or didn't know him well you would call him by his first two initials that's how maybe half the people that talked to him and that was like a formality you know it was Mm -hmm. more formal if you were his friend if you were really close with then you called him Buck. And so for there, I think maybe John and Jack, John is more like the formal name. And then but Jack's they're the like same the letters. I, I, I can't explain that other than maybe it's just got more of like a casual vibe. Does it? I don't know. It's just so weird to me. And I really want some. So what I want is for someone to be listening to this podcast who has a friend named John that they call Jack. And I want you to, <laughs> I want to know the, why the logic, or if your name is John and people call you Jack, because wh- I don't ever hear anyone named Jack called John. <laughs> you know, I don't even think I know anyone named Jack. Like the only Jack I know is on Titanic. So <laughs> I okay so anyway that was the first thing that I just had to I mean you you didn't so this is really really a a plea for help yeah it is help Kelly figure it out because I you know that's not a thing that I I want to go down not knowing yeah yeah for sure all All right right. okay moving right along what's next on the list of things that make no sense okay well so we all know Bob Saget died we all know by now that like the coroner whoever said that he died from blood force trauma it's weird but you know whatever it is what it is um and that like they say that he hit his head and like at first they were like he hit his head in the headboard and everybody's like what um but now they're like he hit his head on the the bathroom floor seems pretty obvious but then his family filed a, a lawsuit that like the autopsy photos couldn't be released, which, which did two things. One, it was like, well, duh, like they shouldn't be released anyway. Thank goodness. Like someone's finally doing something like this, but two makes me like really curious about why, what they don't want to be seen in the foot. You know I mean? It's like, it's really curious. Right. So what it, what it leads me to the path that I'm going down right now is like when someone dies like when a public figure dies like how much information should we have or not even a public figure it could be so here's we're going to branch out here two branches the first branch is how much information do we really have a right to know or should we know or whatever about anyone after they die and then secondly like what if we did find out something funky about someone after they die does it like change the way that we feel about them in a complete like in a huge way or does it depend on what it is so those are like 
the things going through my mind. And like at this point, it's interesting because when they first filed that lawsuit, because that was like a week or two ago, and when they first filed that lawsuit, you know, I was listening to some other podcasts and people were like, oh, not now stuff's really going to come out. And I thought, yeah. hmm, maybe it will, or maybe they just really don't want his, you know, head bruise photos all over the news because that's horrible to see and, you know, whatever. And it seems to be the case that there's not really anything coming out. They it's quiet, you know, like the end, um, which is great. But again, there are just like so many people I feel like where they die and we're given some kind of information and it's like, okay, I can accept that, you know, as like a fan, not just any of my business, why or how they died, but it's like, okay, I can accept that and move on. And then we find out something totally different. It's like, oh, and it changes everything. Yeah. Yeah. Well, first I just want to say that my initial reaction when we heard that Bob Saget died is I thought something's going to come out. He, you know, wasn't, I just feel like whenever there's a celebrity death in a hotel room, that's sudden and unexplained in quotations, we always end up hearing something terrible later that is just totally flies in the face of everything we thought that person mm-hmm. was or just had never even imagined i remember like david carradine when they found him in the hotel room and he was like auto erotically asphyxiating himself i'm like it was like the first one the first that's celebrity not a good way to go no and i never want to know that about it that was i um, didn't want to know that Chris, about him uh, i promise you i shoot. didn't want to know that about him who's the, who's but so the sound guy died, who did that this Chris Cornell I didn't want to know Uh, that about Chris Cornell either you know when Bob Saget died I was like oh god what are we about to hear Mm -hmm. and then we heard nothing yeah and so I'm wondering if in part that it's just this mass reaction that we expect it to be something juicy something really bad we want it to be Uh, that uh that potentially the family is just like hey let's just shut this down because the conspiracy theorists are going to have a heyday with this Mm -hmm. and the less fuel or fodder we can give them you know yeah those conspiracy theories the better or there is something on these autopsy reports all of our initial reactions were accurate or my you know my initial reaction Mm -hmm. that i think probably a lot of other people had too is accurate there was something that they don't want people to know maybe some small detail because they do think that it will cast a shadow on his legacy and i will say we've said it on this podcast before rarely has such an outpouring of love come Mm -hmm. for a comedian yeah you know well and it was Uh, really weird too because candace cameron burr or whatever you know you know dj DJ, Um, DJ. like she went on, of course, Fox News and before the family filed that lawsuit and was like, I just want to remember him with love and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, now, girl, you're starting to make me feel a little bit like fishy stuff is going on. Um, I, which I can't, I can't believe she did that. And I'm sure that everything she said was taken out of context. I did not see the interview and I'm sure that she did not mean 
whatever. But I also feel like she probably didn't really know him in his personal life and didn't know what might come out. Um, but I also did really feel like when they announced that he had multiple fractures and then you all of a sudden had these doctors, doctors in quotations saying things like, it was like he was hit with a baseball bat or fell like 30 million feet from a, you know, um, <laughs> I thought, okay, that's a bit much. And we also know that like, you actually can just by fainting and falling have fractures to around your eyes and like and all tall. throughout your head he was super tall fall. it is a really long fall Standing and like if you have position. a like a marble flooring in a bathroom like come on if you passed out or if you slipped and fell that's I mean that's the yeah. the end um so I mean just having people come out though and make statements like that and then people being like oh they need to check all this stuff and it's like that probably was enough for the family to be like all right we need to nip this in the bud right now you know but um yeah but I understand what you're saying other, like really hot celebrity gossip right now to even take the tension away well so I think, there's all like, that Kanye shit going on that is not even like coming up on my radar really like nobody's crazy talking about that except you that's like all i'm hearing yeah no i'm not uh because he's like all over twitter all over instagram all over like all the social media just like um just being a nut job but um but yeah so anyway anyway, death people okay so i want to so i want to get back to to your first point Mm -hmm. you said like how much should we get to know about a person yeah I am often disappointed by obituaries obituaries literally say so and so passed and they are survived by yes I will say I always want to know exactly how someone died what happened yeah did they have were they sick did they have cancer like especially if it's a young person or a person our age or you know something like that because I'm like let me know all the ways you can go because I want to try to avoid that you know what I mean like I just want to be in the know and it's really I get that it's like nosy and I get that it's not my business um but like I think that death is always shocking even if you're kind of expecting it like even if someone's sick and so um you know it's just or it's like what if someone died from COVID you know and you're like a person who doesn't really care that much about COVID well if you knew someone personally who died from COVID you might care a little bit more about COVID you know or just whatever it would have you know or like this thing where it's like you die from like falling and hitting your head well that's kind of important to know right because I I would really like to know that if I fall and hit my head I really probably need to go to the ER, you know, or at least some kind of doctor because um, like now they're saying that his time of death was 4 a.m. and he entered that hotel room at 2.17. That didn't take long, you know? So it's like, that's information I would like to know, not specifically about him, but about like, and the thing is, is that when you personalize that information, you take it more seriously. Because if, if someone just says you can die from hitting your head, okay. You know, but like this person actually died from hitting their head that I'm going to take that very seriously. Yeah. So I'm going to say that on 
average for your normal person, we get no information. If you're not in the family or close friends with the family and they actually tell you um, that you don't get that information from an obituary unless it was like newsworthy. So if they got into like a car accident and that actually made the news, then you might be able to connect, oh, they were in a car accident and then they have an obituary a few days later. So they probably died in the car accident. But I know I was researching a case for work a few weeks ago and there was this, it was like 18 or 19 year old guy and I was trying to research him and I found his obituary, but it didn't tell me how he died. And I'm like, was he murdered by this person that I'm researching or did he in a car accident? Did he have a drug over? Like help me out here because I'm trying to connect him to this, this case and I need to know how he died. And I couldn't find anything about it. Well, and not only that, but it helps you understand like, and again, this is maybe just being nosy, but like, it helps you understand how to speak about it. Like if it's somebody you went to high school with, somebody you used to know, and then you find out that they died. Yeah. Well, there's a level of sensitivity depending, depending on how, like, did they die by suicide? You know, because I'm, you know, you're going to speak differently with different sensitivities based on certain information or like if it was really a shock or if like if you died in a car accident or like yeah if they were murdered or you know I mean it's just there are just so many things that are factors and like again I just really like I want to know what the options are because I don't want to be in, I don't want to be in them you know to do them oh my goodness well uh, well you know I'm just I'm just the kind of person where I like to know things about yeah, people I do too part of my job that I'm trying I love, not to sound so I just nosy, get though. to like read the juiciest details of like the most traumatic events in people's lives and that's very satisfying to me just on mm-hmm. a personal level but like if you're on Facebook or something and you see a thing where some acquaintance of yours is like oh you know my brother died you know tell us how I just want to know like I'm just curious how did they die but most of the time I find people are very guarded and secretive especially if it's suicide or a drug overdose or Mm -hmm. something like that and so it's like it's like when you're at work and somebody that you worked with is now no longer there you know yeah. they got fired for bad reasons because they're just no longer there there's mm-hmm. no you know goodbye card in the break room for everybody to sign there's no email from the supervisor about the years of service this person dedicated and now they're retiring or moving to this other position they're just gone that means they got fired the bad way well so I think I it's like that if mm. if you can't find out any information about how somebody died it's probably because it was something that really is upsetting. I need to tell you about this because it has to do with that work thing. Okay. Yeah. I keep getting letters from my doctor's office that like doctors are leaving and they're like, there's no information. It's just like, thanks. Thank you. Thank you. This person for all your years of service. Um, 
if you have an appointment with this person, it will be rescheduled with somebody else. And there's no information. And it's like, what? Like, like, did, is there something about that doctor's office that I need to know? Like, is the doctor's office bad or was my doctor bad or was the, they're just so, they're just so many situations and it's like what you know like yeah. I need to know that information yeah okay well continue. I know one lady <laughs> one lady started working at our office right after I had been there and I really liked her and she was still in training and then one day she was just gone and I'm like shit <laughs> she got fired no one ever said her name again nothing and anytime any person leaves our office there's an email explaining about where they're going if they're retiring if they're they've got another position if they're just going back to college or they're going to stay home and spend time with family every time somebody leaves there's an explanation this one lady just nothing so that's interesting so, that you say that too, because usually when I get emails like that, I think it's too much information. Like when I left my last job, like there was an email that went out about whatever. And I felt like I don't really want people to know, like if I want people to know what I'm doing when I leave this job, I'll tell them. You know what I mean? Like they don't need to know about like my personal life. And I'm pretty sure we have to get permission from the people to share, mm-hmm. but usually you'll, a lot of times the people even write their own email. Well, and like when I resigned from my job at this day spa years ago, I had written an email to the owner to be shared with all of the staff. It was a very, you know, open-ended general, you know, I've really enjoyed working here. I'm going on to pursue my education, you know, thank you all. He never sent it out. He never responded to it. And then later I talked to a friend of mine there and she's like, I didn't even know what happened to you. So you just assume you got fired the bad way. That's not cool at all. So Hmm. um, yeah, I was really disappointed because it did, I feel like probably come off that I had gotten fired. Um, And I didn't appreciate that because I hadn't been fired. I had resigned and actually resigned in protest of some nefarious business practices which years later all came to light but that's the thing though like your email wouldn't have said that see that's the thing like if I'm leaving a company that's what I'm saying though like then what's the point of them knowing that because like when I left my last job it was because I didn't want to work there anymore because I didn't like what they were doing you know what I mean I'm not gonna say that in an email so I was actually well the letter was just intended for all the staff because I really loved everyone I worked with Mm -hmm. and I really had enjoyed working with them I just didn't care for the new owner Mm -hmm. Uh, but I really wanted everyone to know you know that I really enjoyed my time with them and that was important to me that's what the point of the email was and to let everyone know that I'm not there anymore um and I was going to graduate school like all of it was real uh that owner just kind of get put like booster cables on my desire to not work there anymore so okay so let's take a break and we'll be right back and we're back all right so let's just jump right back in here because like I'm on a roll you've given me all this stuff to think about I've got so much I want to say we're talking about when somebody dies like how much is released or even then kind of like what happens Mm -hmm. 
mm -hmm. somebody dies and then you get no information mm -hmm. about it even if or you, you get too much information yeah there's either mm -hmm. too much not enough so i'm mostly thinking right now about when you get not enough information yeah. and because that's what i feel like i keep coming up against like i need to know more so a few years ago um a friend of ours i think i was closer with her than you were but we mm -hmm. all kind of were teenagers together in the yeah. same sort of big group hanging out the same place she overdosed on drugs and my biggest question was did she overdose accidentally or did she intentionally overdose because i know she had been trying to get sober she had been publicly documenting her struggles with sobriety and when she overdosed she had almost just hit like 90 days sober so it seemed weird I, I don't know I just couldn't figure out in my head which way it went but and it does need to be important. said that it, it really is just like our personal like being nosy and stuff because the actual fact of the matter is the person is no longer here so it really doesn't matter how they died. It doesn't matter what happened. The fact of the matter is they are no longer here and nothing that none of those things are going to change that. So yeah. it's important to like, I would just want to say for the record, we get that. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. And for me, like what I wanted to know was I wanted to understand where her state of mind was at the end. Mm -hmm. and that's just totally because I wanted to know I had known her for many many years she yeah. had been a good friend of mine I had watched her struggle with addiction it and we had struggled with addiction together and I had just gotten sober uh, I quit drinking alcohol at that point and sh her journey that I was watching on Facebook was part of what was giving me some momentum right and I really wanted to reach out to her and I was planning on reaching out to her and letting her know that you know i was uh getting sober from alcohol and i really was inspired by watching her story and i never got that chance because she passed and i really just wanted to know because it's possible to think if you haven't been doing drugs for 90 days and then you have a relapse that she might not have realized how much she was doing and that that her tolerance had gone down and that's that would kill her this time even mm -hmm. though three months ago it wouldn't have that would have been like maybe normal and i could totally see that happening or was she just so tired of the the back and forth the hamster wheel of addiction and recovery that she just said you know what i'm just going to go out and i'm going to go out feeling the way i like to feel which is the drug of choice and at the very least i thought there would be a point for all of her friends to come together and have like a memorial or a celebration of life but her mother had her cremated shut down everything shut down said some really offensive things on facebook shut down her facebook like offensive just, how everything just went dead quiet not to, you know no pun intended and she posted an obituary using the my friend's glamour shots from like the 80s mm. and anybody that knew my friend knew that that was so it sounds like, like her mother was like was really in denial yeah it was really it was really offensive to her memory because i thought to me it looked like her mom just was gonna now that she was gone 
just put her back in a box and remember her just as the way she wanted her to be, which was 13 and in makeup with her hair mm-hmm. done at this professional photo shoot. And she wasn't going to have conversations with any of us or give any of us a space to have conversations with each other to celebrate her life and to get a chance to have closure on that. And it felt so empty and so cold. I did actually end up reconnecting with several friends from back in the day in an effort to try to like make sure that I wasn't missing out on information about memorials or you know, anything that might be happening for her, um, since I don't live back there now, and I figured I'm not in the loop, and nothing, there was nothing, and so that was probably one of the most frustrating situations of not getting enough information about somebody who I felt like I would have liked to have known, I would have liked to have talked to friends who had seen her in the weeks leading up, or in the days leading up, and know where, where was she at, was she doing good, was it honestly a mistake, and like I said, for no other reason than I just would like to know that. Mm-hmm. But yeah, there's really nothing that. worse than like finding out that someone died on like a, a social media and not having not having any connection, especially with somebody you used to know. Like there was someone that I used to work with like 15 years ago when I first moved to, across the country. And um, I remember like five or six years ago seven years ago something like that I was like kind of wanting to reconnect you know and just like touch base on social media and had kind of been like you know I knew he had a a page and I was like all right I'm like building up the courage to like you know reach out and then I went to his page to do that and everyone was like talking about him you know just like he had literally just died Wow. And like people just kept posting to his page and he had had like a massive heart attack. And like wow. it was just really hard to fathom. It's very difficult to like accept when people die and you haven't seen them in a long time because then your brain is sort of stuck in that place where you knew them. Yeah. And it's, I don't, it was just so incredibly shocking to me and just like made me so sad. Um, And that really affected me for a long time because I also at that point didn't know anyone who was in that circle that I could talk to about that situation. And I couldn't reach out to these like rando people, you know, because it would just be like, I wasn't even his friend on social media at that time. So like, it was just really weird. Um, but if, but if it hadn't been for social media, I would have, wouldn't have known any of it, you know, Yeah. which maybe could be for the best. Like maybe I'd rather just picture him still just being alive and not connected with me. Yeah. The whole Facebook thing, like, like, I know you've been on Facebook for a while, Mm -hmm. but now Facebook gives um, you the option to give someone like survivors access to your page so I have like my husband is appointed as the person if I die they can take over my page and then manage you know information or anything like that because um I I you know I have this like love-hate relationship but I love to watch some total private stuff just explode all over Facebook and someone passing like I had a friend who was really young die of the flu a few years ago, just the regular old flu. This is way before COVID. 
and she was several years younger than me had two kids uh one was the same age as my oldest kid and uh it just blew me away and the Mm -hmm. whole thing was done very publicly so i really did get to her daughter her oldest daughter took over uh her page and was giving out information and was really i thought polite and respectful about the way that she communicated but also gave enough information where i felt like i understood what had happened to her because me and her weren't still close we were just friends on facebook and so yeah it would have been awkward to reach out to Mm -hmm. anyone in her family and actually ask what's happening yeah but it was all there on facebook and just so tragic to just she literally the last thing she posted on her facebook was that she was going to the hospital and she made like she kind of like made like a little joke about like this flu's gonna kill me and that uh, was it. yeah wow it was so sad okay so okay. so that was, leads us into our next topic yes. of like when things do come out yes okay so this this is what I think we all love because we're so used to like something good coming out after people die yes. that, uh, that we're just anticipating it now. But sometimes it happens in the most unlikely places. And it's not even like death. This is really about like, we just want to know all the secrets all the time. <laughs> like, I don't care. You don't have to be dead for me to want to know all the hot goss, yeah, you know, yeah, like I want to know sure. all the juicy details all the time. Yeah. So, um, the two people I was not thinking had any uh, any secrets or juicy gossip for sure would be my grandparents. And uh, they were just like boring little old church people. And I think my grandmother had kind of let me know that back in the day she she dated a lot and she didn't get married till she was 45 and she was tall and thin and had like you know dark hair and she just had striking features when she was younger I just always thought of her as like a grandma because she was Mm -hmm. an old grandma like my whole life yeah but you'd see these pictures of her and you know she was she was a looker she really she was dressed really fabulous and she used to she used to talk about these like guys she would date and she dated like doctors and rich guys and and anyway so she had a little bit of a wilder life she drank alcohol my grandfather is like a teetotaler he's never taken a sip of alcohol in his life and so when my grandmother married him she never drank again but before that she would go out and go dancing and have drinks and she told me about the first time she or like the only time she ever got drunk and so she was a little bit you know a little bit wild in her own little way so I sort of expected like stuff would come out about my grandmother before she married my grandfather and we did find letters that she had exchanged like with a pen pal Mm -hmm. uh, a male pen pal but it was all at least what she was writing was all very clean g-rated there was no indication of any kind of romantic interest other than just a pen pal i love a good pen pal i wish i a had because back in the day i mean we're talking like you know probably the 40s my year. grandmother had a pen pal so, too that she was like gonna well she was supposed to marry him but then he like got shot down in a plane in a war um so that didn't happen but like 
they wrote all these letters to each other and I'm just like man I you know when I was a kid I had pen pals I miss yeah, that yeah I, I had one in Ireland like a pen pal. in like elementary school yeah so um so anyway so nothing juicy came out on my grandmother which was a little bit surprising so she was either smart enough to get rid of all that stuff or there wasn't anything to find who knows mm-hmm. um but my grandfather was a little bit of a different story so and and I'm not talking like this stuff was hidden so just in his closet in the closet in his room that he used every day a closet that I would never personally go into because it was like just off limits Mm -hmm. but uh anyway it wasn't anything hidden but he had kept this whole box of letters and pictures And we sat down and started reading them and they clearly were a different type of pen pal than what my grandmother had kept. This was obviously a romantic relationship. I vaguely remember you telling me about this, but I don't remember the details. Yeah. So, well, the interesting thing about finding someone's letters is you only get to read what the other person wrote to them. You Mm -hmm. never get to see what my grandfather writes to this lady. But we, over the course of looking through all this information, I mean, he literally left all of it just like a roadmap. So I feel like because of its location, it wasn't just something he forgot. It was a small closet for this box to be in there. It was taking up, you know, quite a bit of space. And I feel like he wanted us to find this. So he do just you didn't think want to that tell your grandmother this. knew that it was there? I feel like she would have to. My grandmother knew everything, but I don't know if they had rules about, I mean, it, it left so many questions. Like, yes, did grandma know about this? Because it was just sitting there. It was never hidden. I don't know how many times I can say that. <laughs> but, um, and if, and if she did, I don't see why it would have mattered to her. Um, I think it would have mattered quite a bit to his first wife, though, because it would have been while they were married. <gasps> uh, definitely, at least while they were engaged. Wow. So I'll back up just a bit. We'll give you some little history. Okay. So my grandfather got drafted into the Second World War. And he was dating my biological grandmother at the time. And like most young men going off to be slaughtered, uh, he proposed to Mm -hmm. his girlfriend. Yeah. So he leaves for the war engaged to my real grandmother. Okay. Over there, he's stationed in France. And my grandfather actually spoke French fluently uh, his whole life. What? And we all had to learn French. Um, it was like a family requirement. Yeah, they would sit at dinner and like all talk French to each other. What? For well, like this is serious. Um, my my aunt all. was also fluent in what? French. But anyways, yes. <laughs> or she probably still is. She's alive. Wow. So um, anyway, so he, he went to France. And now whether he knew French before he went there or he learned it while he was over there, I couldn't tell you that. But uh, he goes to France and clearly he meets a young lady and falls in love with her. And there's lots of pictures of her. And then I'm assuming that this is correspondence he had with her when he came back to the States. 
because the letters are here and while we don't have the envelopes for them so it's hard for me to tell where she was sending these letters to um i guess we could assume maybe some of them were sent to him while he was stationed over there but uh my feeling is that these letters at least some of them came to him after he left the war which means he would have been married to my Which grandmother is really interesting because if you think of a man and a woman living together especially at that period of time i assume that she was a housewife right yeah she never worked so she just wasn't looking at the mail or was he having them I, sent to another address or a piece that's box? what we don't know because they're only the letters we don't have Scandalous. any addresses or envelopes and I believe my sister saved all of this. So maybe we can, if we want to delve deeper into this mystery, like do an episode on it. This is like the kind her. of thing that people write fictional books about. Yeah. I feel like this is like an Unsolved Mysteries episode. Mm-hmm. So, um, but so we do you know this woman's away. name. Like I do, but I'm going to not say it. Well, obviously, because... <laughs> I just want to know if you're able to like research her. We know her name. It's such a common name in French that finding anything out about her would be impossible and we're talking about somebody from 60 years ago yeah and in some of the last letters she mentions that she can't have children and and I think something about that she wouldn't be maybe you know an appropriate partner for my grandfather or something like that and and i know she talked about that she was uh dating this other fellow and so it seemed like there was maybe some amicable parting of ways of you know this isn't going to work out for Mm -hmm. us to be together you know my grandfather's back here married uh fulfilling his promise to his girlfriend and she's pursuing prospects out there anyway and, and feels like that she can't have children and and that's an issue too and that's where it ends. Hmm. And so I think it would probably be even harder because I'm sure that she did get married at some point and probably then has another name. Mm-hmm. And we don't know what that would be. So sure. anyway, we haven't done any real effort. And again, maybe my sister has, and maybe she could talk more about this, but it blew my mind to think that my grandfather was carrying on this affair with this lady in France, even, you know, throughout the war and then moving back home. And it just totally makes me think of him in this different way, you know, because he was just always very grandpa-ish. Yeah. And it's really weird when you think of your parents or grandparents as people, you know, as opposed to like your parents or grandparents. Yeah. Um, like, I think that's one interesting thing about like having children later in life, which both of us have done is that like, we've lived like entire lives before we had these babies yeah. and, and they so know nothing. there's going to be like a real tub full of <laughs> things <laughs> that, like, that my kid is going to find someday and have questions about, you know? Um, yeah because there's just so much, you know, and I think back in the day, a lot of times people just got married right away. I remember when I found out that my mom was like engaged before she married my dad and my mom was kind of young when she married my dad. And I was like, wait, what? <laughs> like, it just blew my mind, you know, to think that like, 
yeah. you could have been something else or someone else or not here. You know what I mean? Like, it's just a totally, it's interesting. I love those kinds of yeah. secrets. Yeah, no, it, it really, really made me happy because part of it with my grandparents is that they were so religious. They believed in all these crazy rules. Like you don't mm -hmm. have sex until you get married. And I'm pretty sure both of my grandparents did not follow that rule. Like pretty sure. <laughs> but you know what? A lot of times you know, people go through stuff that makes them have the rules that they have. You know, there are reasons. For yeah. Things. And that that was my thought as I got older, I was like, they just wanted to instill this into me because they, they think this is the right way to be, you know, um, but it's archaic and, and ridiculous. And even they didn't follow that stupid rule. So no, I'm not, uh, I'm not into that waiting. I think it's okay to do it whenever you want to do it. In the sense that I think it's okay to wait, and if you if you want to wait, and I don't think that it's okay to tell people that that's not okay. How about that? I just said for me, yeah, I'm not gonna wait. <laughs> what? <laughs> I'm I eagerly anticipating you waiting until you get married. Okay. Well, anyway, anyway, I also found some poems that my grandfather had written, and I have pictures of them. Anyway, my grandfather was not a romantic guy. And so there was like all this little like trail of breadcrumbs, like showing that my grandfather really was romantic. Even my grandmother always said that he just was not a romantic guy. But in his younger years, I think he had a bit of romance in him. See, that's kind of a he bummer write, though, because poems. your grandmother missed out on that. Yeah, they had such an interesting marriage and relationship they seem like a total mismatch they neither one was the type of person the other normally would have gone for um, my grandmother only dated taller men my grandfather stood like a full three inches shorter than her and she wore heels like that's flat-footed mm -hmm. he was like five foot eight five foot nine and um yeah they she always was seem like, like an interesting couple he was like almost six feet tall and then wore like four or five inch heels yeah. And then she had like the big poofy hair. So that made her like another two inches yes. taller. And um, they weren't a good dancing couple. They both loved to dance, but they weren't a good match for dancing. Yeah. So, That's so they, sad. Were, they were like such a little odd couple, but they were mm -hmm. happy. They had done they you know, they had done a lot of dancing, I guess, in their younger yeah. years. And that and wasn't they what they were on. looking for in a partner right. at this point in that. life. Okay. That makes know. sense to me. But, uh, but they really always held firm that they loved each other and that this was the right person for them, mm -hmm. you know, and that, that they time. never wanted anybody else. And they seemed very much in love all the way to at least the last time I spent any significant time with them and mm -hmm. that my grandmother was still um, lucid. Mm -hmm. They really seemed very much in love. And I was always just like, this is such a weird this is such a weird couple <laughs> but I love them they were that's so how cute. I feel about almost everybody though you know yeah. like everybody that I meet I'm just and that's another thing when we talk about like being all up in people's business and being nosy um and I feel fine saying this because people have always thought this about me and you know my my spouse too like I'm 
always fascinated by couples and like what they're like in real life behind closed doors. Like, what is, what do you, I'm so like, what do you talk about? What do you guys talk about? Not you specifically, but (laughs) I mean, but yeah, you, you know, I mean, it's just like, I'm always really intrigued by what brings people together, you know, because it's, it's so many different things and so many different reasons. And it's not, um, that's like how you were saying, like to, to circle back, you know, like, well, for you, it's really important to sleep with someone before you're married, but for tons of people, it's not, you know, because for tons of people, like that's a thing that waxes and wanes and like is not really a hugely important part of their like partnership, you know, and I don't think that the person you're with has the same sex drive as you maybe ever, but certainly not your whole life, you know? So it's like, that's a thing that comes and goes, um, you know, if we're actually talking real here, you know, and so it's just like, if that really is one of the most important things, then your relationship's not gonna last anyway. So like, who gives a shit, you know? I mean, like, it's just, they're so, and that's, you know, real. Like, I think a lot of people who have like arranged marriages actually work out really well sometimes because they have to learn how to be partners as opposed to just, you know, going with like whatever emotion or, um, you know, like hormone they're feeling at the time. So, um, but so it's just really fascinating to me, like who, who chooses what, like, thing is their most important thing or you know because it's it's also different like in your different times of life like you know in my 20s I would I chose someone totally different than in my 30s or you know would now you know I mean like you're always looking for different things so when I meet couples it's all like I just find couples fascinating you know like what is it that make you guys take as a couple (laughs) like what is it um and it doesn't matter but it's just interesting yeah, no. And you've given me a perfect opening to plug my favorite current reality show, which actually has new episodes coming out today. Love is Blind. I think oh, I've talked about this I show hate before. This show. It's so awful. I love it's like the that worst show, show I've ever seen in my entire life. Oh my God. It's so life. good. It's, it's so not. Fake. It's so bad. Oh my God. It's so good. So That's good. Okay. Fascinating. <laughs> but I really do like the premise of the show because yeah, I, I think they take, I t- think they take people who traditionally are so absorbed with looks mm-hmm. or really superficial things. Yeah. And I know for me, like all the people I dated up until I got married. So other than my husband were all people that I dated because I liked the way they looked or I liked to be seen with that person mm-hmm. or I yeah. wanted to be the girlfriend of that person I liked well, that's there like, was some aesthetic look about it that I was going for they say that like when you talk about your type your type is how you want the world to see you and mm-hmm. I think that's yeah. very true yeah And so when I got married, I married somebody that was completely the opposite of my type. And, um, and it was actually at moments, a little bit of a struggle with me there because he so much wasn't my type. Yeah. um, I I could totally. Yeah. Same. (laughs) And people (laughs) act like that's like a criticism that I'm saying that, but my, like 
my person is definitely not even remotely my type. And like it, I had to like grow into that, you know, like, um, but my type was not working out. (laughs) No, no, I had a terrible type. Yeah. My type had like repeating bad patterns, no matter Mm -hmm. who I dated, as long as they looked like that person. So, um, yeah, I found someone who actually makes a much better partner Mm -hmm. and where we, connect on that much deeper level things and that's what the whole love is blind show is about if you just fell in love with someone from talking to them about things then who would you actually be attracted to Mm -hmm. and so whether or not you like the show I think the premise behind the show is fascinating yeah and yes the the show is like the worst of the you know reality trash but I'm all like I'm just totally immersed in it and I'm dying to know what happens to these people this week so anyway um but yeah I think it's really fascinating I'm with you I think it's really fascinating like okay here's an example like you know how when you're in elementary school and you know you spend every day of a like nine months of your life with this teacher Mm -hmm. and then you meet the teacher's husband and you're like what yep well it has to be elementary school I'm like that with people now like with people now (laughs) when I see when I see their spouse this always happens to me I'm always just like wait what (laughs) and you know and obviously I'm looking at it in an incredibly superficial way because I'm only just seeing them just see them I don't know you know anything but um I mean even like with my neighbors I'm like wait what is that couple doesn't make any sense to me what but I'm sure that that's what people think when they see you know me and my husband you know it's just like it's interesting. Yeah, it is. It really is. And I partially think that when it comes to stuff like that, I feel like that movies and TV have so much influenced us Mm, because they are always going to put couples together that look like they belong together. And Mm -hmm. so we're used to, you know, if it's an attractive young female, then she's going to be with an older, ugly guy. Just kidding. Okay. (laughs) but not really. Well, yeah. Um, but you know, but we, we've, but like, for example, I really think that, uh, that well, media has done us a disservice. You just said typecasting. Hmm. Hold on. Cause you just said that in movies and TV, they show us like couples that look like they belong together, but I would argue that they manufacture because what you just said was like a pretty young girl and an old man and you were joking but that's real because they're manufacturing they're manufacturing based on what we're watching what they want us to think the right couple is you know yeah so like they're not ever showing you know yeah okay anyway no I I really think we get programmed by this I spent so much time thinking about what what we get programmed to think Mm -hmm. okay so for example people in movies are typecast or tv shows are typecast as villains some actors always are going to play a villain because they have features that make them look villainish some actors always get to be the good guy or the hero because their features make them look like a hero and there is no feature that makes you look like a hero or a villain it's your actions (laughs) but I'm wondering how much, because now you can just turn on a movie and you're like, well, that there's the bad guy. Oh, that Mm -hmm. must be the good guy. That's the love interest girl. You know, we've got all the, the, the typecasts like molded into our brain. 
And I wonder if we go out into the world and we really put those types of labels on people because they have those types of features. Of course we and do. And I don't know if that's a good thing for us as a society to be no, doing. No, of course it's Kind not. of a side, but I, I mean, that's that what I there. find, like one of the things that I find so fascinating about having kids is that like, I look at my kid every day and I'm like, I cannot wait to hear what his opinion on things like what his opinion is about anything before he's told what his opinion should be you know and I try to be like very mindful of like the things that I say even now he can't speak you know but even now like the things that I say and the tone that I use because I know that he's going to pick up on that because I know that all of my like my whole belief system for the most part the core of it you know started from like the people around me, you know, and then you build from there. So it's just like really fascinating to watch what people think before they're told what to think. And children are really the only example of that. That's true. That's true. Yeah. Like my daughter's just now starting to talk like in phrases and kind of moving towards full sentences and you can actually have a conversation with her, which is pretty interesting. I love that age we're getting to that point where she can actually, you know, and so she's going to say those like really cute candid things because that's just the way she, she sees it. I love that. I saw this thing on Facebook this morning, um, like a meme on Facebook and um, this little girl comes in late to preschool or whatever. And the teacher's like, Oh honey, hi, how are you? Why were you late to preschool? And the little girl said, my mommy had to get her shit together. And I'm like, I love it. I love it yeah because like all the time the our nanny's like she's saying this just wondering like if you know where that comes from or she's doing this and I'll be like oh yeah that's something I do yeah I mean I remember um, when my brother was, I'm like I don't know where she got that from yeah like when my brother was a toddler he was like my favorite person to talk to because I knew he would just tell me what was up you know yeah <laughs> like <laughs> like if I wanted to see like how an outfit really looked on me he my, the, my four-year-old brother was who I would ask because yeah, he would yeah. be like, ew, or, you know, oh, you look so pretty. And, you know, even Aww. if I didn't, if he said that, then I was like, well, I must because, you know. <laughs> so, he would tell me if I didn't. He would. Yeah. You know? yeah. <laughs> like, but yeah, I love that age and I love that about those little minds. But anyway, let's circle back to something. Okay. So finding out things about, about people, people, finding out scoops. Mm-hmm. Okay, so I feel like we we should kind of c- come back to the big question here, which is like, how much should we know about people when they die? So the Bob Saget thing is kind of bringing this to light because mm-hmm. we've already explored that we really don't find out much about our acquaintances or strangers when they die. Mm-hmm. But we are used to getting a lot more information, sometimes more than we wanted to know yeah. about famous people when they die and so I don't know so what are your thoughts do you think that we should get to know some stuff or I don't know what so I want to know stuff about people I'll tell you there's what I think and what I want I mean like what I think should be so (laughs) I want to know everything except when I don't you know like 
I some so I I told you this like just in a text, but I remember when Betty White died, and the first thing that came out was she died in her sleep, and I was like, oh, that's lovely. Yeah, cool. You know, that's how I want to go when I'm 99. Okay. Um, mm-hmm. and then they were like, oh, well, I mean, really, she'd had a stroke like six days before, you know, or whatever, and I was like, yeah. mm, I don't really need to know that you know and then her assistant or someone posted a video of like her talking about her 100th birthday or whatever and she looked really not great you know like not great and it was very clear that the things that we had been seeing were manipulated by the media and you know by her team where she looked so incredibly you know sprightly and you know um well because in this video she did not look well and I feel like I didn't need to see that Mm -hmm. um now granted it's I guess important to see people like that especially people that we look up to because you know it kind of kills the fantasy of like oh you just you you're perfect and then you die in your sleep when you're a billion years old yeah you know and like what we've been talking about, you know, just now is, you know, how manipulated everything is and how we, you know, come to believe all these fantasies. And, you know, maybe we shouldn't believe that, but what's wrong about every now and then having one? What's wrong about (laughs) thinking that Betty White died peacefully in her sleep at 99, you know, and saw her dead husband and, you know, said his name. That was the final word. And that didn't make sense to me when, when I heard that, because I thought she died in her sleep. How would you know what her final word was? You know, it just, none of it made sense to me, but I was like, I just want to go with it and I'm cool, you know? Um, so I want to know all the things until, unless I don't want to know all the things (laughs) and I want someone to protect me from the things that I don't want to know. (laughs) but I don't think that we I don't think that we have a right to know even though I mean these people live completely in the public eye we pay their bills um whatever but I do think that they have a right to have some dignity in death even if they died in a, a terrible way that said if they did die in a terrible way and you know people are like you know like say someone um is an advocate for hardcore drugs and, you know, or like is all about doing all the drugs, you know, like up to maybe you're John Belushi and then they die of an overdose. Well, you know, it's probably good for the kids to know that you actually can die doing that stuff, you know? Um, but do yeah. I need to know like all the gritty details? I don't know. I mean, does it, does it help me not want to do do drugs sure but I don't want to do drugs anyway so does it change anybody else's life yeah probably not maybe I don't know I don't know I don't know that I I have a right to that information I think the takeaway is don't mix cocaine and heroin like that was my takeaway from John Belushi's death like okay so we we don't mix cocaine and heroin got it all right yeah so you're a person that that didn't really help um (laughs) it helped a lot because when you start mixing those two drugs it's Um, it means you've really gone overboard but yeah I mean I just I do I don't know I want to know all the information all the time do I think we have a right to it probably not you know like I definitely don't think that we have a right to people's like death 
like autopsy photos and stuff like there is absolutely no reason that I should be be seeing that ever yeah and I don't feel like families should have to file lawsuits while they're grieving to keep those to prevent that like I think it really should just come down to the wishes of the deceased if they had any wishes and I think if I was a public figure I would probably have something in my will or in my instructions that says please be secretive you know or or you know and that should I'm be the okay default you know because yeah. not everybody's making wills every day you but know what if, I mean if like, there aren't but yeah if the deceased hasn't made explicit wishes about what information they're okay with being released then I think it comes next to the family and there should be no need to bring a court of law into halting someone's private autopsy photos being released to the public like it it should just be okay the family said no so that's a no to me it doesn't even come down it's not even I draw the line even before autopsy photos you know because it's just like you know and then they they released the toxicology and they're like oh you know it's like oh well he was COVID positive and he had like antidepressants in his system and I'm like you know what not the it's not my business that he had antidepressants in his system. They're not going to kill you. So I don't need to know that. Like, I don't need to know that yeah. information. And not only like, that's just getting into stuff where people are just going to start to speculate and start to talk. And I think that he spoke freely about that. So I don't think that that was a surprise, but like, that's really not my business. It had, if it has nothing to do with his death, it's not my business. And the problem with releasing that kind of information is it's like you release that and you're like, oh, he has this in his system. Um, and then it's like, oh, well, did he kill himself? And it's like, yeah. shut up. You know what I mean? It's just like, it just, it's, it just adds so much fuel to the fire for people who are already conspiracy theorists. And I love a good conspiracy. I really do. But there are some things where I feel like the line should be drawn. Yeah. at least publicly like talk amongst your friends all you want but like the line should be drawn in areas where like the family's gonna see it you know I want to say I used to love a good conspiracy I feel yeah. like conspiracies That's have actually been a good point. for me in the last like two years I think you did yeah. now they're just becoming too crazy you made a good point I think they're actually I liked them when they were rare the world. yeah when it was like fun yeah. When it was just like JFK, it was just like JFK or the, and the magic landing. bullet or, you know, Elvis is alive and living in, you know, South Florida. Boca Raton. Yeah. Like <laughs> those, I, those I good love a good, you know, a good, healthy, not going to ruin anyone's day kind of conspiracy, not going to kill anyone conspiracy. Yeah. But uh, they lost me at the Sandy Hook conspiracy i was like okay wait what why are we why are we doubting that all these kids were killed i had a a, my old neighbor actually and i'm like oh wait we're having this conversation i'm like so i'm gonna stop you here because this isn't gonna end well and i already know this we are we are Mm -hmm. way apart on this subject like you're crazy and i'm sane I okay. can't. Yeah, I can't. Yeah, I miss so, when it was anyway, just yeah, like got dangerous somewhere mm-hmm. along the way. But uh, yeah, I used to love a good conspiracy. In fact, the 9-11, uh, you know, the planes flying into 9-11 was like one of my favorite conspiracies. And I remember 
going back to college and then having like a teacher talk about, you know, oh, blah, 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 when Osama bin Laden bombed the, you know, World Trade Center. And I'm like, they're teaching that in schools like it's true. I was like horrified because I'm like, don't you know that President Bush like planned that attack? And that might have been the one that started them all actually the yeah, one that started I, the, the dangerous i feel one. like i've circled back around now where like i'm i think i'm kind of off the conspiracy theory list but yeah that was my favorite one for a long time and i remember being really offended that they were teaching it in school like we were all just accepting this osama bin laden wow. theory all right on that note off off on a tangent yeah no I'm with you I feel like if it was the norm that we didn't get lots of information about people or that if a family could simply just say we don't want to talk about this and the paparazzi and the media would leave them alone Mm -hmm. if that became the norm then I think that then we would all learn to accept that but I think was the the norm. norm before the internet yeah. like before the internet we weren't you couldn't just look up someone's autopsy photos like they were basically i mean they were public information but you yeah, would but have, to, have go, to go like to, to the city where yeah, the person to the, like medical examiner's yeah. office and put in a public records request and mm-hmm. yeah now it's like everything's everywhere all yeah. the time and we've just gotten so used to finding out everything and it always being bad or juicy or you know some sort of um fodder for the next you know tabloid magazine Mm -hmm. that that's the normal and so we come to expect it and if we get met with resistance then we're like well what's wrong with that why don't they oh well they must be hiding something why do they have to be hiding something yeah they could just be simply saying this is our loved one. Mm-hmm. We've appreciate all the outpouring of love, but when it comes to this stuff, th- I mean, we don't, we're not privy to his medical records in a normal sense. Yeah. So that should be the bar. We're not, you know, you don't pass out people's medical records and they're alive. Yeah. Why would you do it when they're dead? Unless you're the president. And then I think it's customary to release your medical records. Um, but yeah for normal people we don't expect that uh and i don't think we should expect it in death because in the presidency isn't it a little weird because it's kind of discriminatory what do you mean well i mean like i know some jobs i just find this a little weird in most jobs like unless unless you're a surgeon who has like a shaky hand problem or something like it's kind of discreet like it's kind of weird to be like what's your heart looking like these days Mr. President you know because like what's the average American's heart looking like these days probably not so great you know but like they're like just, they're responsible for important stuff and I think they that are that that the point is just that we're all insure and I mean in reality all that stuff can be manipulated so and it's I mean, also the point irrelevant. Is that you can it, get in a car. It tells Americans, hey, I went to my checkup. I'm healthy. Everything's fine. There's nothing to worry about. Kamala's not about to be president because I'm going to die of a heart attack. So everybody can just chill out. 
Yeah. Uh, I think that's the point of it. Um, I get it. Yeah, I, I mean, just, we know that those. It kind of just annoys me. It just annoys it, the whole internet and everything about like, I need this information right now, right here, right now, you know, like, and I know that that's not the medical thing, but it annoys the crap out of me. I don't want everyone's information all the time, right here, right now. And I've, I'm contradicting myself because I've already told you that I do, but I feel like I should at <laughs> least have to put a little effort in to get it, you know, like pick up an yeah. encyclopedia or something. <laughs> I don't want to oh just be gosh. able to like Google somebody's name on my phone and like be able to find out where they live right now. Like, where are they right now? I don't, that's, that's just creepy, you know, like, I don't think that, I don't know. I remember being a little kid and walking around in my neighborhood and, you know, it would be like really cool when people had their blinds open and you could see they were watching TV and it'd be like, <laughs> what are they watching on TV? You know? Yes. And you had like a little peek into other people's lives, but it wasn't like in a creepy way. It was just like, oh, they're out there. People out there living their lives just like me, you know, like, how do we connect? How do we, yeah. you know, whatever you're just trying to connect to people. But now it's, everything's just so creepy. Like everything's just so creepy. And I guess, I don't know. Like, I guess it's a whole other topic on like when we do find out like really intense, bad things about people, like how we feel about that. That might be a, a topic for another time. Yeah. Um, because that's the thing that happens too. Like, if you, if you like, well, what if we had found out that Betty White was like a doc murderer or something, you know, <laughs> that would change everything. But, but then did later in life, but that's like in her twenties, she was like a psycho dog murderer. But then later in her life, she realized that she had been, you know, really wrong in doing that. And so she dedicated the rest of her life to helping rescued animals and doing all this stuff too many questions to try to come back who murders dogs you know like maybe she had some trauma well i mean because that's that's i mean we could do a whole episode in that and i will say because i'm wondering is there a point where something you did so long ago and if you have tr i mean I did some really bad things in my twenties. I'm not famous. I'm not a politician. So nobody cares. Mm -hmm. I am a completely different person than I was then. I've done a lot to try to improve myself and change my life and alter the way I behave in certain social situations. Mm -hmm. So, but how, but if I did run for office, which I consider, I have a degree in politics. I'm really politically interested. I definitely would do politics like later in life. But I'm so afraid because of the way things are now that something from when I was 20 would get brought up. And despite the fact that now I'm 60 or whatever, that is that I there's no redeeming myself because whatever I did at 20 was so bad that I can't now be. Well, the redemption comes in telling your story when you're able to tell your story and being honest about it, you know, so it's like there's a difference in this person did this thing that was so incredibly horrible, but then it doesn't look like they did anything else but good stuff for the rest of their life. Well, but if you, if you don't see the journey and you don't understand the journey and what their mindset was, then you still are always going to have that question, that doubt of like sincerity and intent. 
um, honesty, like all of those things. So like, if, if you want for people to not, um, like blindly judge you, you have to come out and be, and be honest from the beginning and go, this is who I was, tell my story, like from the beginning. Um, and then whoever's going to judge you for it, you'll pick those people out pretty quickly. You know, other people will go, okay, I see where you're coming from. I understand, you know, I did, I've seen some shit too, you know, and like, (laughs) it is what, you know, I mean, like, I think that, I think it's all about being honest and not trying to keep stuff secret, you know? And I think that the reason that we keep things secret is because we are afraid of people's reactions, but I think a lot of it has to do with the fact that people aren't good communicators and don't really are not good at explaining the evolution. And do we deserve, like, do we deserve to know that? Like, do we need to know that? Maybe, and maybe not. It depends on what the relationship you have with that person is. If you were going to be a politician and making decisions for other people, then yeah, I kind of want to know your evolution, you know, because I want to know like where you're, where is it that you're making decisions from? What information do you have, you know? And, and um, so yeah, I think it's just about being honest. And I think, you know, when I was growing up in order to be a politician, you had to have this image at least that you were perfect you have to Mm -hmm. be christian you have it helps if you're white and a man um but you need to wear a suit you need to not you need to be married and you need to not have any instances that are publicly known of you being unfaithful or at least that they're covered up there was all these rules somebody had to follow in order to even qualify for the position and I'm just like and so most of the time things just got covered up and people lied and you know and whatever to hide the past so that they could get to those positions without people knowing but I think that now we have come to a point in time where you can be honest and you can say hey and I think Obama was this great example of that Obama like did coke in college everybody knew it it wasn't a deal breaker at all he didn't like do some massive cover-up of it and it was like I was like I had hope I was like dude I could be president now like check this out because I totally remember when I first started getting into drugs as a teenager I literally said like out loud to myself like well, that's it. I'll never be president because you couldn't be president. Like right then was when they were grilling Clinton for smoking a joint in college. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. dude, nobody, especially a woman is not going to be president if she's ever done drugs. And I think that that's shifting. And now it is the kind of a world where you can be honest and say, Hey, I did this in my twenties, or I did this in college. And this is how I've grown as a person that helps me better understand some aspects of life, but Mm -hmm. it does not affect now my ability to be a leader. Mm -hmm. Like I know in my job, I had to be really honest about all the things I've done in my life. I had this massive background check that was outrageous and went way beyond like criminal records. It was like, they asked like after your criminal record, then they asked all this other stuff. And I'm like, well, obviously they're not asking about incidents that are on criminal record. Cause they've already done that. 
this is, will you just be honest with us about what you've done in your life? And I told the truth about literally everything, even though I'm like, there's no way these people are going to hire me because like I have some crazy stuff in my past, but they did. And then I felt like I never have to worry about somebody coming to my boss or somebody going to HR or anything ever later down the road coming out that Heather lied on her application. Heather had has been to rehab. Heather has had a problem with drinking or whatever it is. All of it was right there in my own words, admitting to it. And that Mm -hmm. was like a great power in that because nobody would ever be able to use that against me as long Mm -hmm. as I had been honest. And even the guy doing the background check was like, you're like exhaustingly honest. Like (laughs) we have to get through this. I'm like, wait, I have to tell you this thing that I did. I feel like that's how I am sometimes. But I I was really serious. Like I just wanted to be sure that nothing was ever going to come back to haunt me. Yeah. And I'm glad that we work in a world now where you can have a a checkered past of some sort and have an evolution from it and Mm -hmm. then still be rewarded with a good job and not judged for it. I think that's important. So I really appreciate your, your comment. I think that's so valid about the thing about being honest and then explaining how you've grown as a person because that's exactly what I did um Mm -hmm. in my current position and what I would need to do if I ever wanted to get into politics yeah but that's the thing like to 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 end on what we were talking about like if a person dies if they've been really honest with us there's nothing we're gonna find out you know what I mean or if we find out something and they've been like their authentic self, we're not going to be shocked by it. Yeah. You know? Yeah, for sure. This has been a really interesting uh, I'm glad we chat. got really to the core of that John Jack thing. <laughs> <laughs> well, I'm still waiting to hear from listeners about what's the deal with the nickname Jack for people yeah. named John. So Please. So did you, Please write to you've us. got a lot of Johns in your family. Does yeah. this come up in your family? No. No. So no. just, so your family's normal yes. and you're trying to figure out. Well, or abnormal, I guess. <laughs> Yet so to be I don't get it at don't all. Know which. I don't get it don't at all. Which. Yeah. So let us, let us know. Well, now I feel like I need to explicitly write in my will, whether I want any information publicly shared about how I died yeah um on Facebook but, uh, I'm telling I am going to say one thing after all the true crime I've listened to that if there's any question about how I died I do not want to be cremated until there's been a chance for an autopsy because so many cases go unsolved because the husband has the wife cremated right away mm-hmm. well of course because he's the one that killed her and now we'll never know but I also am always interested when someone has an autopsy and it's like why did they do an autopsy that person died of something like really obvious yeah hmm. well you never know there could be you, you really do you something. never know yeah so okay all right well <laughs> we'll wrap it up there that's all we can say about you never know we'll wrap it up there <laughs> you never know that's all we can hope you can take away from mm-hmm. what we've talked about today is that you'll never know. You'll never know until all you right. do. Until you do. Well, Kelly, I hope you have a really great week. And you as well, Heather. All right. Well, until next time, keep it real. Mm-hmm.